Welcome, welcome, everybody. <laughs> Howdy. Hey, hey. <laughs> welcome all my kings, queens, and everyone in betweens mm-hmm. to another episode of the Back Row Lessons podcast. We are so very excited for you guys to join us, everyone to join us on this new oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last week, kind of ended on a Ooh, everything. Mm. People are getting arrested. Things what happened fun. last week? We'll get into that at the top of the show. Mm. Before we get into the new shit, we'll kind of catch everybody up. Okay. But before we do that, we're going to do a quick little our intro shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, woo. Intro shit. Is this the disclaimer? Disclaimer and uh. just begging for uh, reviews mm-hmm. and ratings, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, all that. <laughs> uh, beg for them on iTunes, Spotify, what have you. Uh, we're steaming towards uh, <laughs> 200, hopefully, downloads soon. Uh, Woo! Yeah, fingers crossed. We're coming here to the end of the first season. The big two oh oh. Big two, yeah, the big two mm-hmm. oh oh. Everyone's shooting for. Uh, so yeah, your reviews on iTunes. It doesn't take too much five stars and just leave yeah. something in there and you said we're wrapping up the season we're getting close to it oh, i'm no. trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to kill all the main characters <laughs> just like you know game of thrones would have mm-hmm. uh but some of these fuckers won't die but yeah so fi- <laughs> five stars and you don't need to put too uh, much in the review I hope henry dies he he eventually will Ooh! uh yeah i guess a spoiler alert is henry the eighth is currently not alive in 2021 <laughs> uh but yeah what uh, a life if you still that would around. be <laughs> so fascinating. Uh, besides reviews, begging for them, uh, follow us on social media places. Back row mm-hmm. lessons. Follow, follow. Yep. Uh, Dude, actually, if King Henry was still like alive, I feel like he would just be like Job of the Hut. I, I definitely, I hundred percent see that a job of the hut who I feel like would Just probably me. also support Brexit. Uh. <laughs> he he strikes me as that kind of guy. Um, so yeah, f- social media places, back row lessons for all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We posted some stuff from our last episodes on there, and we're gonna, as we say every week, try and be posting things we talk about in the episodes oh, on our yeah. social media. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram's a good one for now. Yeah. I, it really works for kind of our medium, which is, look at this weird fucking yeah. image and weird painting. Yeah, and we we'll, can, we'll let you know if we're actually using Twitter or not, but Instagram's a pretty good show. I, mm-hmm. I guess at this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. I try and use Twitter, but it, I feel I feel old on it. I'm not even all that old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, social media, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally... I guess it is our quick disclaimer. Normally, we'll do kind of a longer oh, yeah. one, but mm-hmm. this episode is a thick one, mm-hmm. and we want to get into it, have some fun. Uh, but yeah, disclaimer, this is going to be is a history show. We try and talk about history. I would say 90% of the show is about history, mm-hmm. but that last remaining 10% is where the, the humor, the humor <laughs> and the comedy comes in. The dry, awkward, beautiful humor. All of it, uh, maybe bigger... You know, uh, thematic, uh, (laughs) you know, very organic, thoughtful. No, none of that. None of it at all. Uh, Terrible. Oh, God. It's going to be middle school today at some point. It's going to be great. The humor will be uncomfortably blossoming in your comfort bubble. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you just said, I guess, yeah. But, yeah, so the historic part, that 90%, as real as I can fucking get it. And I'll start out the history part of the show with a disclaimer that I didn't write, but that I found with what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But if I were able to make up stories, able to, able to, if 
if I could, <laughs> if I could, if I could make up stories like this in my free time instead of having to look them up, mm-hmm. I would not be making a podcast. I would be <laughs> writing a screenplay for Hollywood oh, because, yeah. because this stuff is too crazy <laughs> to make up. So that's where the, the authenticity is. And I'm trying to get the best damn story that's truthful for you. And mm-hmm. if again, ladies and gentlemen, we can't make this shit up for you. Exactly. Ooh. We can't make this shit up. That that might soon be our uh, freaking <laughs> motto. We can't make this shit up. I actually really like that. But well, let's get this we'll show get on the this road going. So where we left off last week was Henry the Eighth. We're still in Tudor, England. Mm-hmm. Henry the Eighth. He had just annulled his fourth marriage. Oh yeah. Fourth. Yes. Which uh, one was that? Uh, that was. Anne of Cleves, oh, the yes. the woman who, if we remember correctly, was more interested in bullfighting. Oh yeah, <laughs> than her future husband. That's where the meme I put up uh, related to that. Uh, she it, chose to watch a bullbiting fight, mm-hmm. bull baiting. I, I'm sorry, not bullbiting, no biting. Uh, I guess there's probably some biting, but it's not what it's called. Mm-hmm. She was more interested in that, and from there, a snowball of. I don't want to be with this woman anymore, came from Henry's court. Yes. Mm. And it started to cause problems for both him and her and really everybody around them. When we left off, uh, they were just an old. They were no longer married legally. Mm. There was not going to be a big problem. And she made it out alive. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she learned the le- She legitimately looked at his previous ex-wives what they did and said, maybe I'll... She should get, like, a fucking gold medal for that. She Ooh. she really deserves... Yeah. <laughs> well, and as we will find out, she deserve, She gets a lot from that. But oh. the other part where it's, we left it's off... Not over. She gets mentioned once or <laughs> twice, but it, it's... Uh, he's moved on, uh, but the other part that we left off on was the close ally and really uh, kind of just puppet master kind of just mischievous guy thomas cromwell Mm. he was arrested he was arrested at a council meeting which normally does not happen wait who's this guy again we'll talk about him a little bit but he was the guy who was pressing for uh ann bolin his second Uh, wife to be killed and really just meddling with everything um I just fucking shit up. Fucking shit up. I guess I, I should give everyone a heads up here. I as I post on social media, uh, I messed up the recording. This is our this is our third time mm-hmm. doing this recording. <laughs> uh, so mm. it will be a fun story nonetheless. But oh yeah, it will be fun time. <laughs> Three times a charm. Third times the charm, uh, which actually really fits for this uh, for this episode. <laughs> I will say so. Uh, like I had started or kind of talked in the disclaimer. Uh, I'm trying to get this as authentic. And mm-hmm. as accurate as I can. Organic? Uh, I, I no. guess or not organic. Yeah. <laughs> I, organic would be the opposite because organic <laughs> means I'm making the shit up, I yeah. guess. Uh, but Cromwell here, uh, his reputation, his, you know, fuckery, end of his life, because of all that fuckery, the end of his life has a lot of uh, things said about it, both true and untrue. Mm. Uh because so many people liked him, so many people did not like him. A lot has been said about him. This is coming from EnglishHistory.net. Uh, it's not a... Not .com. Not .com, which, going back to my elementary and middle school computer classes, means that it is totally real and a little bit more trustworthy than .com. Ooh. But it's not a 100% like a university website. But mm-hmm. I didn't take exact quotes from here, Just this, this, except this one except for this mm-hmm. one quote, which kind of 
I'm meandering here, but let me just explain why I'm meandering here, because it's talking about Cromwell's execution. Quote, The events which follow are far from clear. Cromwell's fall and execution are among the most mysterious events of Henry VIII's reign and cannot be easily understood. I have yet to read a history which offers an adequate explanation. Adequate. Adequate. They they read all their histories and they look at it and say, that's not adequate. Okay, like it doesn't match up. I guess not. Or I wonder what this conspiracy theory is. I'll try. I'll kind of get into it a little bit or something. (laughs) No, Uh, he's uh, Agamemnon's son, so he's a Greek god. (laughs) Day man, yeah, yeah, day man. He's the day man. He he rose. He rose from the dead. Uh, So yeah, it's it's a complicated thing. So many people liked him. So many people hated him. People were saying some things. People were saying other things. But I try to get it as clear as I could. Hopefully it's adequate. You know? mm. We're shooting for adequate on this show. <laughs> that's that's our that's our other motto. We don't make this shit up, and we're shooting for accurate <laughs> or adequate. Uh, so this is where the conspiracy comes in. Uh, the marriage that had just fallen apart between Henry and his uh, now fourth ex-wife. Mm. Again, fourth ex of six. Four of six. <laughs> um, we got two more. We've got two more. Oh. Um, and I'll try and not talk too much about the last one in our upcoming episodes because i'm sick of it i'm sick of it um (laughs) (laughs) don't worry the the next episode is not about well it's kind of about marriages but it's a lot more about uh war but this episode is a little bit different this Uh, like soap opera oh my god 98 day fiance needs yes 90 day fiance this is 90 day fiance with the sex scene shown yeah <laughs> when they try to do it for the first night like when they're finally together it would be like if it didn't cut to the next morning <laughs> if they just continue roll. All yeah the they, awkwardness all right you guys are going in the bedroom all right camera crew c we need you to follow in <laughs> so um that marriage to anne of cleves mm. it was a disaster but despite that they all are there's, they, there's they, never gonna be a good one yeah <laughs> those marriages man um so even though Cromwell was the architect of it, that was his big thing. He was the one who sent the painter, the whole shebang. Uh, even though that was happening at the time of his arrest, the charges that were brought against Cromwell don't really relate too much to the marriage. Mm. It's about things that have happened previously. Uh, and those charges that he was, he was leveled against or leveled against him were treason, heresy, corruption and if we remember the fourth one and the most scary of them all plotting to marry the princess <laughs> that's yep that's the fourth one that's the one that they'll that's nail so you bogus they totally pull that out of their ass <laughs> as we will see pretty much yeah um and yeah i guess you can't plot you can't plan to hopefully marry the princess one day you you can only do it or not you can't you can't you either piss or get off the pot dude that's that's it um foreshadowing the pot yeah exactly uh piss on the qu- princess uh it said that these charges came as repercussions for cromwell 
a couple of the things that he did. Uh, he sold export licenses illegally. At this time, it was very, if you wanted to export something, you pretty much needed permission to do that. And mm-hmm. he was just giving them willy-nilly or to friends or whatever. Uh, he also granted passports and commissions without royal knowledge. So he gave his friends passports, son of a bitch. How <laughs> uh, was he like? They just, they told me they wanted to go see France and it's beautiful this time of year. Who am I to stand in their way? Uh, I believe in traveling. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the soul. I have connections to this beautiful bed and breakfast in the North Atlantic. Uh, he, he also freed people, so he let them out of jail, suspected mm. of treason. Also, the big thing that they were f- afraid of was uh, they suspected Cromwell had many men in his service who he could arm against the king, and that he had even hinted that he was planning to marry Henry's daughter, Mary. So he hinted that he was planning on doing it, therefore... So secret, so creepy. So creepy, so (laughs) ominous. Um, So yeah, it's this whole notion of Thomas, he wants to overthrow the king and then marry his daughter. Uh, But these were pretty much bullshit as he just was loyally serving the king for his pretty much entire career so it doesn't really make sense why he would want to overthrow someone like that when he kind of was working within the system was pretty close to him and at this time as we're going to kind of find out in this episode in the next henry is at a point in his life where he's just easily manipulated Mm. you can tell him two things and if you flatter him enough he'll just (laughs) fucking do you whatever you need to do uh he's paranoid henry he's yeah on top of people trying to kill him yeah, uh, he's paranoid. He's uh, he's manipulated. You know, uh, people are easily influencing mm-hmm. him, especially the royal people, people who are trying to say we're working on his behalf, but they're really just kind of doing their own thing. Would you consider that like low self-esteem, or where do you think his head is at? I think it's so. As we kind of talked about in the last episode, he is a very very large man. Oh yeah. At this point, he is like a Humpty Dumpty. Oh yeah, three three, three person sized, mm-hmm. grotesque, what have you, <laughs> and just his entire life, it's been always said that he's not at fault. So yeah. I, it kind of feels like when people figured out if we pitch it that it's going to help him and it's going to make him look mm-hmm. good, then he'll be like, yeah, that's that's me, <laughs> that's Henry, you know, that's my shit right there. So I think that's maybe where it is. I. I I don't know if I can say low self-esteem because I feel like this kind of king probably wouldn't have low self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> he just, and, just like arrogant and cocky. Oh, very, very much so. Uh, and these rumors of treason uh, coming from Cromwell, that Cromwell was being a traitor, and his foul deeds, they can be traced to the soon-to-be queen, the soon-to-be, uh, the current kind of mistress bride of Henry, uh, Catherine Howard. It could be traced to her uncle, the Duke of Norfolk, uh, Thomas Howard, as well as his kind of close ally, a bishop by the name of Stephen Gardner, or as we learned as his nickname was last week, Willie Winchester's back. Ah. Yes, the <laughs> Old West uh, bandit. He is back. Uh Willie Winchester. Willie Winchester <laughs> is here to steal the mine and blow up the town. The heresy charge, yeah. his second charge, it came from not because he sided England with Lutherans 
with the the marriage or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when Cromwell encouraged and spread heretical literature, which is pretty much just Protestant literature, so Lutheran kind of shit, and then also allowed uh, heretics to preach. He allowed Protestants to preach, mm-hmm. and he released heretics from prison. He released Protestants from prison. <laughs> uh, in this in this context heretics and heresy is just pretty much a synonym for protestant they're still they're still sticking to their catholic guns as hard as they can uh again these can be traced back to the duke and willie winchester the (laughs) most devilish duo in the old wild west there the duke and willie winchester (laughs) yeah the wild west of europe which pretty much this is um it was framed and charged as heresy as those who were pressing for it, who those who you know were like, let's get this fucker, mm-hmm. uh, they were against the English Reformation. So the whole shit he kind of inspired, uh, and all the religious changes that had happened in England since the divorce of his first wife, Catherine, the first wife. All this goes back to, and that was really big hand in that was Cromwell. Yeah. So oh, okay. they were like. This fucker is responsible yeah. for all this shit that's gone here the past, you know, 20 years. It's like on his own agenda doing his fucking thing. Exactly. Like, and it, God is definitely going to be pissed at yeah. us. That's why we have to kill him. Um, and then what brought about the treason charge beyond the rumor number of men was that uh, in March 1539, uh, I guess a couple of years before, around this time, I would say, um, who who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> March 1539, Cromwell commented that if Henry ever turned from his like Protestant kind of ideas right now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cromwell said, yet I would not turn. And if the king did turn and all his people, I would fight in this field in my own person with my sword in my hand against him and all others. Okay. Uh, so wait, he's going from what to what? He is saying if Henry no longer kind of supports protestantism okay, Protestants and, he yeah, isn't too. gonna follow henry back to okay. being catholic he's gonna stick to protestantism okay so and henry's originally first henry is considered he's catholic as yeah england was catholic at the time but then the pope wasn't gonna allow that divorce from catherine mm-hmm. so he's like i'm no longer catholic um, <laughs> and at the time, it was like either you're Catholic or you're Protestant in this part of Europe. Yeah. So it was like, I'm not Catholic. I guess I'm Protestant now. So if he changes, the whole kingdom has to change. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a big thing because at this so time, like, kings are divine rulers. So, so like Catholic like advisors, like priests or whatever, would just have to leave? <laughs> Well, that's who's fighting this. That's who's all fueling this conspiracy oh, is shit. all these Catholic people. <laughs> but so in that sense, in, in that statement. Uh, uh, so he's Protestant now. Yes. Or he, he's ca- kind of both. He, okay. So he, to this day, it's called the Church of England. And it's okay. a weird kind of, <laughs> it's like a vanilla chocolate swirl of okay. the two. They have some parts of both. It's really weird. And it still lasts to this day. Protestant and Lutherans, or not mm-hmm. Protestant and Luther, the Protestants versus Catholics in all of Great Britain. So, great the English yeah. British Isles, both that and Ireland, it still lasts to this day. That's what <laughs> really separates Northern Ireland and Ireland is these. Yeah, it's so stupid. But uh, so what it is saying here, Cromwell, he's saying if he turned away from his religion, okay, he would fight for it against Ooh. the king. So Cromwell is Catholic? 
Cromwell is Protestant. Protestant. Oh, yes. okay. So he, he wants him to change. Well, he, he wants him to stay Protestant. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, going yeah, yeah. towards Protestantism. He's saying if he were to turn away from it and go back towards mm-hmm. Catholicism, Thomas Cromwell would fight. Okay. And uh, I saw that this was described in one source as, quote, that was treason. So that was treason. <laughs> Real plain and cut and dry right there. Uh, that was treason. And as we will kind of learn through this episode, if you say anything slightly against the king, mm-hmm. he's going to consider that treason. Ooh. So, yeah, we got the charges here. Uh, we just need some evidence Wait, here. what if, like, like, the king's like, do you think, like, you're just, like, one of his servants and being like, do you think this makes me look fat? <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just the <laughs> the life and death flashing. Like, <gasps> what do I say? Do I tell him the truth yeah. and tell him he looks do bad? I or Tell him the tr- truth, die, or commit treason and die. Yeah. <laughs> or what if I tell him he doesn't look fat and he says, I'm a liar and I'm lying to the king and I get executed yeah. for that? It's a, it's a lose-lose situation right there. Um, so all these charges are here. They need some evidence for it. You just... Even back then, you couldn't just, as much as they wanted just to accuse people and execute them on the spot, they needed a little bit of evidence. Yeah. Even the witches, <laughs> there was witnesses. Um, so Cromwell, when he's arrested at his house, at his pretty much palace, mm-hmm. uh, Cromwell, suspicious letters are found contacting Lutherans, uh, supposedly containing treasonous messages. So the day he's arrested, they find scary, treasonous letters. Mm-hmm. Totally not suspicious. Um, <laughs> historians nowadays heavily... Just out of the blue? Yeah, just, oh, look at these letters. And <laughs> yeah. It's like totally different, you know, handwriting. Uh, historians nowadays heavily suspect that the Duke of Norfolk and his other Catholic allies planted these letters in Cromwell's house. Uh, nonetheless... Henry, the king, he was enraged by this. Mm. He is fucking pissed. <laughs> uh, one thing I should also note is we were kind of mentioning uh, the uh, Anne of Cleves there. Mm. When Thomas Cromwell was arrested on June 10th, the records of goods being removed from his palace, pretty much, yeah, happened on the same day, and they were given to Anne of Cleves as part of her annulment settlement. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, they're like, fuck it. You get that. She's really had a good deal. Yeah, she was like, I spent a couple months there. Yeah, some guy banged his, you know. Like, compared it, to all the, the track record of all the other queens, I'm doing she, pretty good. She got I'm out alive. Dead. She got out A-OK. And Cromwell shit. Yeah, it's his fucking fault, and I'm, he's paying me for this shit. Uh, so only a few days after the day he was arrested in June, uh, Cromwell starts to frantically write to Henry. He's mm. he's writing mul- and it's multiple letters. It's hey not man, remember the good times we had? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey remember back in the old days? Uh, everything for you, dude. Oh, I have a couple <laughs> quotes. This is amazing. So he's pleading his innocence and the case for why he should not be executed. Because at this time, tra- traitors if you committed treason. It's pretty much an automatic death sentence. <laughs> so June twelfth, that's two days after he's arrested. June twelfth, he writes. Uh, And I have a good quote from here (laughs) from one of those letters. Uh, Quote from Thomas Cromwell. Where I have been accused of treason, I never in all my life thought to displease your majesty, much less to do or say that thing which of itself is so high an abominable offense. Say that again. Yeah, I fucked that up, so let me try (laughs) Much less to do or say mm-hmm. that thing which of itself is so high an abominable offense. I think he's saying 
I would ne- I wouldn't even talk about treason, <laughs> let alone do it. Yeah. Your grace knows my accusers. God forgive them. <laughs> if it were in my power to make you live forever, God knows I would. <laughs> or to make you so rich that you should enrich all men or so powerful that all the world should obey you. For your majesty has been most bountiful to me and more like a father than a master. Oh, my God. I ask you mercy where I have offended. (laughs) He is sucking up. He is sucking up so much. Oh, he is not holding back like a bit. (laughs) That was a beautiful quote Ah. from the... God, uh, you know my accuser. God forgives them, basically like, saying, "You know they're they're lying." God is definitely gonna. Everyone deserves to like bow down to yeah. you. Like, <laughs> if I, if I could make you live forever, I would, man. Yeah. You know, I told you this. not for me, for you, for you. If I could make you so rich, you could make everyone else rich. Yeah. I would, man. I would. I wouldn't hold that for myself. Uh, and then I most definitely love how he ended it with saying, "You're more like a father than a master." <laughs> Maybe, Daddy, maybe, love if, me. yeah, you know, you're just, you're just a father figure to me. Just don't kill me. Just please. <laughs> uh, and he, he, this is in the same letter. This is one last part that is just so great. Uh, but I have committed my soul to God, my body and goods to your pleasure. As for the Commonwealth, I have done my best. <laughs> I have done my best, you I know? Did, I gave it the best shot, man. I just chill. <laughs> Another one of our potential models, I have done my best. Uh, I also enjoyed the my body and goods to your pleasure. He's like, take my body for your pleasure. If you want it, you can have it. Do whatever you want. Yeah, if you need me for whatever you want, I can do that. <laughs> that was from the first letter. And then from the second letter, uh, it ends with the P.S. So, you know, your P.S., mm-hmm. whatever. P.S., most gracious prince, I cry for mercy, mercy, mercy. Three mercies. That's how you know shit is getting real. Uh, PSS, I tried my best, man. Yeah, PSS, <laughs> I tried. I tried. Please, I tried. Uh, however, however, uh, at this time, Henry was already very, very in love and infatuated with the young Catherine Howard. Oh, of course. And equally, because of that, under the influence of her uncle, uh, the Howard, uh, Thomas Howard, who was also Cromwell's pretty much arch rival. Mm. Uh, so these letters are falling on deaf ears pretty much. <laughs> uh, Cromwell, he, he wasn't a pastor or a priest. He was a lawyer. As pol- like as religiously political as he was, he was a lawyer he was by a tra- good lawyer. He was well. He was actually a really really good lawyer. So much until so, now, but <laughs> until now, yeah, he was doing pretty good until now. I mean, even the most talented boxers in history, only like one or two are undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> so once in a while, you'll just get a good you know left hook. It will take it out. Uh, Cromwell, he's the most well known and pretty much talented lawyer in the kingdom. Uh, he, you know, like you were kind of hinting at. He could duck a lot of poli- – he, ha- he just had a really good political ability. He yeah. was very cunning. He was very clever. Uh, Cromwell's enemies did not dare to put him up to trial. Mm. They were like, if we put him up to trial, he is going to wiggle his way out. Okay. He is going to figure a way to get out of this <laughs> shit. So they persuaded Henry to bring a bill of attainder before Parliament. Uh, we briefly mentioned it in the last episode. Neither you or I knew what it was, and there's a good reason for that. Mm. 
A bill of attainder is an act, and this is the definition I got offline. That's why it's so cut and dry and not funny. Ah, okay. Yes. Uh, I wish I could add it, you know, maybe like a fart sound or something <laughs> to it. A bill of attainder is an act of legislation declaring a person or a group of persons guilty of some crime and punishing them without a trial. Ooh. So it skips the whole trial process into everyone here thinks you're an asshole, you're guilty. <laughs> That's just it's, not even like fair at all. It. Yes. <laughs> and there's a good reason why neither you and I have heard of it. Okay. Uh, the United States Constitution forbade legislative bills of attainder in federal law under Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3. No bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed, and in state laws, uh, also again in Article One. So oh, the founding nice. fathers, yeah, woo, founding fathers All got the one laws thing right. Probably fucked up on. We got one right at yeah. least. <laughs> we got one, yeah. So they at least you can bitch your way out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You, the whole part of wanting a fair, fair trial. Uh, the founding fathers of America, the writers of the Constitution, hated this thing so much and saw it so much as an overreach of. You know, royal authority. They they specifically put it at both levels of the Constitution. Like, Damn, you can't fucking do this shit. So that's why we didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> uh, thank God we don't know what it was. Because uh, that explains th- a lot. Yeah, it, if you think about how history goes. It's like you're just automatically guilty. Yeah, no you're just gu- guilty. The the king says guilty. Uh, I guess it's like the same thing with like Salem witch trials, though. Like it's just the same like idea. It's just like ah, you're a witch. We're gonna yeah. kill you. <laughs> One dude saw you do something weird. Obviously, yeah. Witch. Yeah, the just same guy that asked witch. you out. You know, you rejected him. Said you're a witch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really odd. Like it, up until I asked her out, not a witch. But yeah. when I asked her out and she rejected me, <laughs> witch. Weird. I think it's magical powers. Anyway, uh, Bill of Attainer. Bill yay. of Attainer. Woo! Yay! <laughs> we did it. So uh, that's beginning of you know June, July-ish time. Uh, July twenty eighth, end of uh, July. It's a busy day. It's mm-hmm. a busy day in England. It starts out in the morning. It starts out in the morning at the Tower Greens at the Tower of London. It's a busy day because today is the execution day for Thomas Cromwell. Oh, boy. Woo! Woo! Yeah. yeah. I guess, woo, I guess. He's <laughs> I caused so much chaos. Is. Yeah, he's <laughs> caused so much chaos in the past couple episodes. I guess this is maybe a good thing. Uh, so to the last moments of his life, mm-hmm. as he's being led up there, Cromwell has pled and continued his innocence and commitment to the king in England in a passionate speech uh, that he delivered on the scaffold just moments before death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a quote from here. I really like it. Uh, quote, this is him just moments before death. Ooh. Many hath slandered me and reported that I have been a bearer of such as hath maintained evil opinions, which is untrue. But I confess that like as God by his Holy Spirit doth instruct us in the truth, so the devil is ready to seduce us, and I have been seduced. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a quote man. Oh, I, yeah. I'm so glad for that. <laughs> I wish the entire episode name could be So the Devil is Ready to Seduce Us and I Have Been Seduced. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he is shouting out, people have talked shit about me, but I'm I'm here doing me. I'm yeah. keeping it 100. <laughs> I'm keeping it live. Uh, he stood there, titleless. Uh, kind of, we had mentioned at the end of last episode, when he was arrested, he was stripped of all of his titles. Everything. I mean, yeah. Like... Uh, all of it. Uh, titleless. Having had his grand estate being 
uh, just seized by the crown, all mm-hmm. his properties, all his uh, everything that he owned seized. He stood there. Uh, his last attempts for clemency to the king were all being ignored. Everything. Finally, it hit Cromwell. He doesn't think he can get out of this one. <laughs> He's like, I think yeah. <laughs> I might be in trouble right now. Yeah. So what happens next is where that kind of murkiness comes into play. There's two versions of what has ha- what happens during his exact execution moment. Mm-hmm. There's two reports. Uh, both have been recorded. Both have been kind of interpreted. Both have been cited. So it's hard to say which one is really happening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the more interesting and detailed one. Okay. The first one, the one that I'm not going to go with, is that it was a very typical execution he put his head there. The axe came down. Everything, you know, everyone cheered for a second, and then everyone went home. Ah. Uh, okay, he's dead. Let's head on out. <laughs> I get. What do you do? At, like, if you look at old timey photos of like executions and stuff, like hangings, it's a community affair. Yeah, oh, people yeah. are there. What do you do after? Is it a picnic? You know, like, know. do you go get food? Just go to the neighbor's house. Yeah. Hey, like, after continue the potluck or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, after uh, after it's all done. Shelly, she's she's got something on the oven right there. We we'll have that finished by the time you guys get back. Oh, yeah. It will be beautiful. It's a, it's a shame Thomas is getting killed today. I'm gonna <laughs> miss his potato salad. Yeah. Oh damn it! It ran late, son of a bitch. <laughs> he just wouldn't fucking die. Uh, make sure you stop by the store and get a, a side before yeah. you come over. Uh, so that's the boring one. Nothing. Boo. Not mm. fun. The other one that's reported is that uh, the story goes that so patiently suffered the stroke of the axe by a ragged, and I saw it described as boosherly, B-O-O-C-H-E-R-L-Y. I don't know what the fuck that is. I, I assume that's just an English word for ugly boucherly. ugly or not as good as being English, but mm. <laughs> a ragged and boosherly miser, which very ungoodly performed the office. So in normal people speak, <laughs> it was a botched execution. Really? Some reports that it took up to three swings of the axe to kill him. <laughs> oh, God. Three swings. Normally. The first one was just like, whoops. Oh. Like, almost killed you. Oh, shit. I wasn't trying to do that. Sorry, you man. See, <laughs> normally I have the right hand. He's like holding the axe, like showing it to Cromwell. <laughs> normally the right hand has to be there. I had my left hand there and the torque was weird. Let's give it another go. Sorry to freak you out, man. <laughs> Whoa, let me give that one a go. And then the second one came, wasn't good enough. And then the third one came and then we finally got him. He, so, like, sneezed on the second one. Just, yeah. oh, oh, shit. Okay, yeah. well, I got to finish this quick. <laughs> second one had, like, a little bit of a curve to it. Yeah. So it's, like, too, ah, oh, shit, son of a, ugh, it's all bloody. Uh, so, yeah, after he is executed, he's <laughs> he's headless. Uh, his head is set on a spike and then Ooh. placed on the London Bridge. Mm, of course. For, uh, all to see. And you need that decor. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, yeah, it really p- helps even out the bridge there. And something that should be noted is the spot he was executed on, Tower Green, that's what it's called, is the same place where Anne Boland was executed. Okay. So the man <laughs> or the man who orchestrated her death was killed at the same place. Very cyclical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's happening in the morning. That's uh, happening in the heart of London. Outside of London, there's the opposite of an execution. It's a marriage time. Oh, of course. Yep, because it's 
marriage number five time for uh, <laughs> Henry and Catherine. Uh, and uh, Henry, his last marriage from Anne of Cleves, the uh, German woman, they weren't officially married to each other mm-hmm. in early July. And he's getting married to his next wife at the end of July. What? That is way too quick. That is so quick. White trash. <laughs> uh, so it's July 28th, same day, like I said, as uh, Cromwell's execution, when Henry VIII is marrying his, quote, rose without a thorn. That's what he described Catherine Howard yeah. as. Uh, that's personally my favorite. Rose without a thorn. That's my favorite poison <laughs> Every rose without a thorn. Uh, and this was uh, a marriage that was kind of a marriage. It's not a big grand affair like his last ones. But this was happening at Oatlands Palace, which is really a B or C tier palace, it sounds like. Oatlands, mm. like oats. Not uh, not very luxurious sounding right there. Okay. Uh, Catherine, and I need to note this because this is how disgusting it is. And the rest of the episode, heads up gonna be getting a little creepy and a little weird we're gonna use humor to cope with it we're not making fun of a teenager oh god yes where's this going oh uh, (laughs) so as i kind of hinted uh henry he's 49 at this time at the marriage he's Mm -hmm. 49 catherine is about 18 or 19 oh yeah uh, 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 (laughs) yes 30 year difference at just about i know this is like the third time we're doing it but still it just gets weird every time time. it's wrong well because he gets older (laughs) yeah uh, uh. uh the this wedding was happening pretty much right after the end of his previous marriage Mm -hmm. which was happening right after his last marriage uh so a lot of things were happening, and because of that, it couldn't be a very big thing. Couldn't be a really big affair. Couldn't be a grand yeah. wedding. Uh, so it was because of political reasons. Uh, it was because it was happening on such short notice, and it's also happening because he's broke. The kingdom is facing big financial problems, and in the next episode, we're going to be talking more about that because I found a good deal of information <laughs> on how abysmal at running this country he is oh shit but i could not get into it on this episode because we have a lot more (laughs) to get into but uh for political reasons for economic reasons and for just logical reasons it's not a big ceremony the details aren't really out there and uh not a lot of people attended it so Mm -hmm. it does it doesn't have no no one's getting married in the queen's closet you know like the past weddings it was very small um she (laughs) so part of Cromwell's properties was part of the settlement for his last wife, mm. but for his current wife, he also awards her land that belonged to Cromwell. What? <laughs> so he split up Cromwell's properties. Like, I just executed him. He's dead. He's dead. Okay, legally it's yours now. <laughs> nice. The head is off. The head is on the spike on the bridge. All right, legally it's yours. <laughs> and also uh, a vast array of jewelry that belonged both to Cromwell and previous. Royals. Oh so, shit! Here's a dead man's jewelry. <laughs> Have fun with Wait, that. Where did you get like the previous jewels? Like Cromwell had it already. Well, uh, so Cromwell was very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a section we kind of had to cut for time was just how big his property was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just was very, very powerful and very, very, very wealthy. And jewelry has always been a sign of that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of assumed he had some jewelry. If not, he probably wasn't wearing it all the time, but probably some. <laughs> wife or you know daughter or whatever was wearing it so about a week after the ceremony in the beginning of august like they announced to the english 
public. There's a new queen. I married someone, guys. I know it's the <laughs> fifth time, but I, I just have a good feeling about this one. <laughs> Call me crazy, and we will. Um, when they wed, uh, for, between Catherine Howard and uh, Henry here, uh, Catherine was younger than Henry's eldest daughter, Mary, and she was pretty much in a similar like age bracket as his other daughter, Elizabeth. So he's pretty much marrying one of his daughter's friends. How many like <coughs> kids does he have? Three. Or okay. three Son, legitimate and then that I think maybe that Our other history says there's probably a few other ones. Yeah, other, other illegitimate other, children, yeah, but at there. least the royal ones, the ones that we will talk about some more. There's okay. three of them. Uh and I guess Three and a half, if you count Thomas Cromwell, because <laughs> he did see him as a father. Maybe yeah. Henry didn't see him as a son. Um, Adopt me, Daddy. Don't Dad, kill please, me. dude. We're like the same age. You're older than me, actually. <laughs> uh, so the historian, and she was from the Victorian age, uh, mm-hmm. Agnes Strickland, writes of how quote the king had exhausted his treasury when he married his Flemish bride, and that was. Anne of Cleves. Oh, yeah. So he could not honor Catherine with either a coronation or a marriage festival. He was so broke, he couldn't afford a full (laughs) marriage. He's like, what if we just did it at the court, like at the courthouse, and then we had some people over in the backyard? I mean, if I was like, if there was that one person in my family that had like their fourth wedding, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I I can't make it to this one. Yeah. What's the point at this point? I really thought the third one was going to be great. This is number four. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't afford these flights so often. (laughs) I 100% agree. At number five, it's just economically sensible (laughs) to not have a giant ceremony. When they're first married, things are all right. Um, Catherine, like we had said, is a teenager. She's a young girl. Oh, yeah. She she was never really thought of to be the queen. She Mm -hmm. never really thought she was going to become the queen. So they didn't really give her there's like education that royals like mm-hmm. if you look at the royals of whatever household there's like different kinds of ex- education there's normal royal education then you're probably you might you might become king or queen so here's some other stuff here's you know extra credit shit or whatever <laughs> so she was never on that other track she was on her normal royal track oh, okay um, so she didn't really have the quote-unquote skills to be queen okay, or like the, the first two or three like they're educated and like did a bunch of hobbies and skills yeah the yeah the other and she was super talented and so then what are we on number four number five which five one Catherine? This, okay so on, like yeah, she's five. just kind of like thrown into it kind of thrown into it yeah. she was a teenager she just wanted to be it she was described as joyous carefree and springful oh nice yeah so she's a normal teenager she was too young to be included in the matters of the of the kingdom, they didn't really okay. bring her in to deal with. You know, so, this kingdom is threatening to invade us, and so. I mean, that's so. probably a good thing. And if you hear like Henry like rationalize what we should do with the country, that would probably be terrifying. <laughs> that's just a terrible idea, <laughs> dude. Why are you, Why are you no doing? No idea what he's doing, yeah, <laughs> and she, everybody knows it. She comes out. She's like, there is no financial sense in this man. <laughs> uh, but there was one thing she was given a report on each night. Uh, this was from a Sir Thomas Hennage, 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 I'm assuming. It's H-E-N-E-A-G-E, Hennage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to give everyone a heads up. I know things are going to get creepy with the age. Also a thing to be aware of, pretty much everyone from here out is named Thomas. There's like <laughs> one guy not named Thomas, but everyone else is named Thomas. Was so. it like Ed? Yeah, like how every, every so oh, often. Oh, no, that one guy? 
Yeah, like everyone has that name that mm-hmm. is just super popular. This is the Thomas Tom. No, but who's that one guy that doesn't? That's not named Tom. Tom. Oh, uh, I think it's like Frederick or something. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get to him. No, Francis. 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 Frank. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, Tom and Frank. Um, <laughs> but so this Thomas Hennage guy. Hennage. Hennage. Uh, he would report each night to Catherine. Um, he was his title. His mm-hmm. legit title was called the groom of the stool, <laughs> the groom of the stool. And she would, he would come to her chambers each night to report on the king's well-being, in particular, the well-being that of. he would kind of report on was how um, I'll, I'll just have the quote here about what the groom of the stool did. The groom of the stool was the most intimate of an English monarch's courtiers responsible for assisting the king in excretion and abulation. This is the guy that would help the king piss and shit. And he would come each night to report on that to the teenage bride. Oh, God, I don't know what's in his diet lately, but he's still eating corn. That's all I know. (laughs) The smell. I can't get... I don't know if it was a report or just him venting to her about... What he had just experienced that day. Tell him the, to eat more fiber. I have to stop this, getting in there to pick it out. The sounds. <laughs> the sounds. I the can slaps. hear. Yeah. Ugh. So much. He's so big. I have to wipe so much. It's oh. all liquid. It's so either a, liquid or sticky. This was a legit job. This was a legit job. So much so that <laughs> he, he, it wasn't just this, this one guy. It was a title. It was the groom of the stool. <laughs> Some oh god yeah so that's who she was being told of she, she she was being let in on that not the state of the kingdom but the state if of I were her I would be like I told you not don't tell me this at all he you knocks keep coming it, back yeah. every night yeah he knocks on the door she sees it's him and then closes it I don't care anymore um, <laughs> so this is things are going all right things you know she's learning about his shits and. I guess they they love each other or what have have you. But uh, so this is from the title of an article I read about this mm-hmm. from uh, about Catherine Catherine Howard, vixen or victim? Mm. That's the name of the article saying was she a vixen or a victim? Uh, vixen, a vixen like a video vixen, so like a hot uh, woman that is very uh, attractive. That mm, is okay. kind of uh, I've always. Put that word next to foxy. Okay. <laughs> the vixen and a fox in foxy, or maybe foxy vixen. Maybe that's just some, you know, uh, childhood uh, <laughs> therapy session right there. Um, but yeah, so vixen or victim? <laughs> is she a hot foxy woman or is she a victim of it? Uh, so for a year or so, uh, things are going all right between the, the couple, the Catherine and Henry, uh, until uh, Catherine. She offers a man by the name of Francis Dereham a job. Mm. Uh, he, she offers this man, Francis, a job as her private secretary and an usher to her chamber. Sounds like a made-up title that they kind of just give friends. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a, a quick quote I got from Wikipedia. I'm going to do a lot more on this Francis guy, but it is one quote that I saw, and it, it's just a very great summarization of this Dereham guy. <laughs> and a personal hobby of mine is trying to collect and find the worst opening paragraphs on Wikipedia, where it's just mm-hmm. a summary and just to find the worst people. Like right now, the front runner is one guy who was a uh, like child molester who replaced Osama bin Laden on the FBI's most wanted list. 
And I just thought that one's hilarious. But this guy, he has a really good, <laughs> really good opening paragraph. Uh, so this is what it says on Wiki- on his Wikipedia page. Daraham is known for his sexual indiscretions with Catherine Howard, the fifth wife of King Henry VIII in England. <laughs> the relationship occurred when she was 15 before she became queen. He was estimated to be in his late 20s. So this is where it starts to get kind of creepy. Oh, God. Because now we have a 15-year-old hooking up with a 20-year-old. And I guess the elephant in the room is, at this time, girls were expected to be married and kind of pretty much mothers way earlier, but this mm-hmm. does not make it okay. Wait, what was that age range? Do you know? The age range? I would not be able to tell you. The joke Just is an like, uncomfortable like, age. Way yeah. too young. <laughs> that's, the, that's as much as yeah. I can say. Way too young. <laughs> way too young. Way too young. Um, so, Daraham... Where all that occurred, all these sexual indiscretions. Dereham, he was a member of the Duke of Norfolk, or Thomas Howard, mm-hmm. uh, that old gentleman there. That uh, the Duke's household when Catherine was a, was there prior to being in the royal court. Mm-hmm. So before Henry found her, Catherine Howard, in the royal court of Anne of Cleves, and that's where he picked her up from. But before she was in the royal court, she was at her uncle's kind of household doing courtly shit things there. Hmm. So, yeah, you kind of would go up and down through the different courts. Uh, Dereham, this is a quote, I, another quote I found, not from Wikipedia, but a quote I found on him. Dereham was a handsome and dashing young man, a far more attractive prospective husband than a music teacher, and her previous love interest was discarded quickly. Oh. Uh, Catherine granted Dereham access to the girls' dormitory, where he brought wine, fruit, and sweet meats to make good cheer. Sweet meats? Sweet meats, baby. Uh, that's how you, you brought the sweet meats to yeah. get that sweet meat. <laughs> What's uh, sweet meat? It's like sweet jerky? or like? I assume it's just like a, just small, like really good meat. a small plate of s- sweet meats. I'm looking it up, sweet meats. An item of, oh, sweet meats is like candy. Oh, really? What the fuck? That's so, stupid as shit. Wait, did you already mention candy? No. Oh, okay. I always thought he brought, like, like you were saying, meat. Yeah. Like, the legit <laughs> meat. No, he brought candy. So um, Never heard that before. Wine, fruit, and candy. <laughs> he is grooming a child right oh, now. Oh, God, that, literally. He's literally <laughs> gro- grooming a child. He's oh going to burst God. into this dormitory, and uh, <laughs> and uh, to catch a predator is going to be there. <laughs> Chris Hansen. Yeah, Chris Hansen. Take Hansen's. a seat. <laughs> have a seat right over there, Mr. Francis. Um, we read your letters. You hand-wrote that yeah. you wanted to do this. <laughs> uh, so between Dereham and Catherine... Uh, now I'm just imagining like a medieval like oh, that would catch be great. a predator. That would be so great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That would be so great. Like a king or like a prominent royal yeah. <laughs> member comes and is like, oh, no. They, yeah, you're guilty. It doesn't even matter. You don't have a trial. We're just yeah. going to kill you right yeah. here. <laughs> we got a bill of attainder right here. <laughs> uh, and to escape, he gets on a horse and gallops away. <laughs> uh, so the relationship between Catherine and uh, this Dereham guy uh it ended when Catherine's previous love interest, uh, the guy they, they were saying wasn't as good, who had courted and molested her when she was 13, Ugh. so this goes back early, uh, sent an anonymous letter to the Duke's household. So to the household that the two of them were working at. He's like, she's fucking who? Oh, uh, yeah, this is somebody else? This is a different guy. This okay, is so yeah. that she had... We're going to find out so her it's love Catherine, interest. Catherine, and who's the guy that brought her sweet treats, her uh, sweet meats? Francis Dereham. Francis, and who are we talking about now? The fir- So he's like the f- 
second guy she is kind of hooking up mm-hmm. with, the guy she left for Francis, mm-hmm. who was molesting her earlier in her life, yeah. is the one writing this letter. God damn. Yeah. So it's pedo on pedo right now. Uh. Pedo versus pedo. Um, you think you're going to be the cr- yeah. biggest She's mine. Head? Yeah. <laughs> I'm better at grooming children than you are. Uh, so God. he sends an anonymous letter to the Duke's household. He suggests to Catherine's grandmother mm-hmm. that she should visit Catherine's bedroom half an hour after going to bed and that you shall see that which shall displease you. Ooh. So what he's saying is... If you just stay up a little bit Casper late. Casper the friendly ghost is in there. Ooh. She's not friendly. She's not too friendly. Yeah, Francis the unfriendly ghost. <laughs> Francis the grooming, the child grooming ghost. So yeah, if you stay up a little bit later, you're going to see some, you're going to see a gentleman kind of sneak in to your grandchild's dorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he's caught and the relationship is ended, Derham is sent away and forced to live in Ireland where it's believed he resorted to piracy. <laughs> so, <laughs> after being caught being a pedophile, he just went on to become a pirate. I guess you could do that back then. <laughs> yeah, screw it. I'm going to be a pirate now. The pirate arr. life for me. Yeah, arg, arg, me mateys. <laughs> and then Catherine, she was scolded and lectured about preserving her beauty and purity. Mm. So she got a stern talking to, and he went on to become a pirate. <laughs> So I'm sorry. Wait, this is the guy that wrote the letter, or the no? Guy? This is the the guy who got caught. Okay, this is the guy who got caught. Uh, late August 1541, around after they're married mm-hmm. uh, for a year, using the Dowager Duchess, uh, and that's Catherine's grandmother. So mm-hmm. that's the person who the letter was written to. Mm-hmm. Uh, using her as a reference, Derham approaches Catherine at Pontefract Castle asking for a job while the court was still in. So using the grandmother that caught him molesting his granddaughter, mm-hmm. he's asking the granddaughter for a job. <laughs> That's not a good reference. I'm yeah. going to I'm I'm just going to go oh out God. there and say don't use the grandmother that caught you molesting their grandchild as a reference yeah. <laughs> to that grandchild. I know it's family, but... Oh, don't tell me it works. It does, because (laughs) she makes him a private secretary and then the gentleman usher of the Queen's Chamber. So she gets him a job here. Uh, (laughs) After being appointed, so he's given this role. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I did (laughs) it. Yeah, I did it. He's just excited. Uh, Daraham begins to brag around that if the king dies, he would marry Catherine, boasting that he had been generously favored by the Queen. So... (laughs) <laughs> Think back to where I was saying, if you say anything slightly cross about the uh, king, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to come down hard on you. Keep that in the back of your head for a couple, about 20 minutes from now. Uh, Wait, and who said that again? Dareham. Dareham, okay. Yeah, Dareham. Francis is now a pirate. And uh, Dareham is... Well, no, Francis is Dareham. Oh, Francis Dareham oh, yeah, is yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah. After being a pirate, he's like, you know... I've done my piracy time. What? I need to oh, become official. Oh, I thought we going back to the next guy. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry if I made that confusing. No, Dareham becomes a pirate, and then I was like, I assume he was like, I guess enough heat is worn off. I can go back to England now. Maybe okay. they'll let me back in. <laughs> and then he goes and becomes part of the king, the queen's court at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he starts bragging that if the king dies, he's probably going to be in line for it. Uh, he also has a violent temper. He has a violent temper, and after getting drunk one time, he attacks a gentleman of similar standing. He attacks them who they had questioned Dereham about his role being there. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And then yeah. he gets attacked. 
So that's happening. That's happening there. As well, at the same time, since becoming queen, a younger, all-around less disgusting man mm-hmm. uh, than Henry in the royal court has caught the eye of the young queen, uh, leading to rumors swirling around of a simmering romance between the queen mm-hmm. and this gentleman named Thomas. <laughs> Thomas Culpepper is his full name. Uh, his father was Dante Culpepper, mm-hmm. <laughs> Vikings quarterback. <laughs> the queen and Mr. Culpepper here, uh, they first begin to kind of come into each other's lives in March 1541. So same year as uh, Francis is coming mm-hmm. back into the p- picture. Uh, and this happens while Henry is away on what I saw described as King's Business Things. I, I guess. I, King's Business Things, that's what I'm going to do outside. <laughs> uh, in Dover, I assume where he's importing his next wife, because that's where he met Anne of Cleves. And he's yeah. like, just getting the next one ready in case this one goes wrong. <laughs> uh, and that left Catherine alone in Greenwich with Thomas. And they start to kind of get close to each other, start to cozy up with each other. By May... So two months later, Mm -hmm. uh, they were arranging private meetings between the two of them with the help of Catherine's chambermaids and her ladies-in-waiting. So they're gone from just kind of making eyes and it's a rumor going around to they're having private meetings with each other. Uh, Days before Frances Dereham reaches out to Catherine in late August, Mm -hmm. uh, while she's still at the Pontefract Castle, Culpepper and Catherine... That's a tongue twister right there, Culpepper yeah. and Catherine. <laughs> uh, they were reported to have had a private bedchamber meeting together. A private bedchamber meeting together. <laughs> um, that's not suspicious at all, right? Yeah. Uh, in a love letter sent to Thomas from Catherine, she was said to have written down, I never longed so much for a thing as I do to see you and to speak with you, the which I trust shall... Be shortly now. I can't wait to talk to you, dude. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, something that needs to be kind of mentioned here. We, we've kind of cut around the crust. Here. We've bitten around the crust, but we haven't taken a fight out of it. Uh, is that all this positioning, all this maneuvering, is it's because Henry is in a really bad place of health. Oh. Uh, this is 1541. <clears throat> He's not doing well. People are already assuming he's kind of near the tail end of his life. How old is he at this point? Uh, 49, 50. He is so getting... back then, he's like 80 years old as a king. Like, you know, kind all of, the grease you want. He's an old motherfucker, and he's a fat motherfucker, yeah, too. He's definitely not he, a healthy he, person. Yeah, he is not a healthy person at all. People are anticipating him to die in the next coming years. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of that, people are wondering what is going to happen next. Who's going to take over? Uh, in line, the first succession, or succession, not succession, succession, mm-hmm. was Edward I, his only son, who was born from uh, Jane Seymour, the one who gave birth and then died. Oh. She comes oh, in, yeah. She comes in second for having the least shitty life because she just yeah. had to do it and get out. I mean, yeah. She, like, well, I sadly want to mean, like, she did her job, like, did your job, expected back yeah, then. Yeah, and then wasn't abused by yeah. Henry and then executed. So he, it's looking like he's going to be the next monarch, uh, but... Whenever this comes, it's going to be a. There's going to be a whole b- bunch of political back and forth. It's not going to be maybe a civil war all out, but it's definitely going to be an issue. There's going to be problems. Uh, everyone from Catherine and her family to the courtiers and Henry's children were all kind of preparing for this shitstorm. Mm-hmm. They were like, something's going to fucking happen here. <laughs> when he dies, when he's gone, as a well liked member of the king's kind of inner circle, mm-hmm. 
who was well-liked personally by Henry, the king, Culpepper hoped that being Catherine's favorite as well would undoubtedly put him in a very strong political position to kind of take over. Mm -hmm. It's like, if he likes me and his wife likes me, if he doesn't know I'm fucking her, when he dies, I get in (laughs) quick. You know? He's hoping for the best. Yeah. It all depends on him not knowing that I exist. (laughs) Um, And also, if he does have sexual relations or he gets really close with the queen, he can use that as a... political leverage either saying use this to advance my agenda or if you don't advance my agenda i'm going to tell people about it so he's trying to get himself into that position which seems very dangerous and not very smart (laughs) uh end of the summer 1541 it's you know august july whatever Dereham, uh his bragging of his connection Mm -hmm. and future plans with the queen you know we go way back. I groomed her forever. Um, his bragging is getting around in the royal courts. And it comes back, in particular, to Thomas. And he kind of confronts him. Because Culpepper's like, dude, this is what I'm doing, too. Both of us can't pull this scheme off. It's going to be one or the other. Uh, so it's Cromwell and who? No, uh, Culpepper. Culpepper, yeah. Yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah, Cole, yeah, 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 yeah. Thomas Culpepper and Francis Dereham. They're both trying to go for the queen. Okay. They're both trying to, yeah, they're both trying to get in there after the queen is dead. Uh, October 1541. So, Mm -hmm. a month or two after they're starting to know each other. Uh, Henry and Catherine are on a royal tour of Northern England. They're kind of out and about just doing stuff. Uh, When a courtier by the name of John LaSalle's, LaSalle's, I assume, uh, comes to the Archbishop of Canterbury. Mm. Thomas Cramner, <laughs> another Thomas. We've talked about him <laughs> so a couple times. Toms. Yeah, but th- yeah, so I'll just call him the Archbishop from now on. Uh, mm-hmm. Archbishop. So LaSalle comes to the Archbishop here uh, with evidence of the Queen having had prior sexual relations before the King. So he's coming to them with the story. And uh, this is where the conspiracy gets. A little bit more fun. Oh, okay. We've folded the paper now to another level. Uh, 1538, about three years before this, uh, LaSalle's, this John LaSalle's guy, Mm -hmm. comes into the service of Henry VIII's chief minister, Thomas Cromwell, as a messenger. So he's working for Cromwell. Uh, (laughs) He's a a reformer. He's a Protestant reformer. After Cromwell is executed, LaSalle's is recorded as having advised to fellow reformers, so people that were kind of working in the Cromwell circles here, Mm -hmm. that those who were responsible for this, uh, the Duke of Norfolk and Willie Winchester, (laughs) that they they were bringing about their own downfall. So I don't know if that's a bullshit, ominous, you know, prediction thing, or if he actually said that, but Mm -hmm. he's he's saying these people are going to get their own. So uh, before... She was married to her current husband, mm-hmm. John LaSalle's sister. So his sister, Mary, had been working at the household of Catherine's grandmother, Dowager Duchess of Norfolk. So the the grandmother oh, okay. that Francis that used. That walked in or whatever? Yeah, the Francis that used as a reference, that grandmother. She was working at the house? or Yeah, this Mary, LaSalle's mm-hmm. sister, was okay. working there. So she oh, was also okay. another courtier there. So she was working there. At the same time, Catherine Howard was a young girl. She was a young girl there, and she didn't really have guardianship or rules. 
she was the hot shit child, I assume. I guess it's like a free-for-all in that household. At least for the, the family. For yeah. The, ex- <laughs> the explicit family. Uh, and this is at the same time when Dereham is at the household. So the two of them. Okay. Okay. So they kind of correspond. When Catherine became queen, so when she's ascended, uh, LaSalle suggests to his sister Mary that she should seek a place in Catherine's household. She's like, hey, mm. you, you worked with this you worked with the queen this is before. Your Get yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know the references people yeah. are using. You actually know her. Um, but Mary refused, giving her reason that she knew Catherine to be, quote, light both in living and in conditions. I assume that's Middle English for yeah. she's a whore. Oh. <laughs> Why? Because it says be light both in living and in conditions. Okay. I, I don't know what the fuck that means, but I just <laughs> I assume she, she's kind of slutty. Oh. <laughs> Skanky. Uh, uh, Mary, uh, the, the sister Mary, mm-hmm. describes, described, I'm sorry, described the queen's several sexual indiscretions before her marriage. Including that it was with her music master Henry Mannix. How would she know this? Was she like hiding in the closet or something, like getting all the dirt? I, I assume that, or like these households are just like gossip mills. Yeah. Like it just gets around. But so it was with her music master Henry Mannix, mm-hmm. which his last name is M A N O X. So I'm just gonna say Mannox because it sounds cool. <laughs> um, a man by the name of Howard Kinsman who really dodges a huge bullet. And Francis Dereham. And this was all at the Dowager's household. So mm. the sisters saying while they were at this household, three guys were going after this woman. Jesus. She, she hooked up with three of them. Oh, uh, well, I mean, like. She's was, a teenager. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not teenagers, so it's not okay yeah, for them. Yeah, like shit. Uh, British historian Alec Ryrie says LaSalle's maintained that he revealed the information to advert a charge of misprison of treason, which may well be true, but he could, sorry, but he can hardly have regretted the destruction of so prominent at Howard. So what the historian is saying, he wasn't, what he, why he did it, he wasn't trying to destroy the Howard family. It just so happened that what he was doing also destroyed the <laughs> Howard family. So it kind of worked out both so ways. So the Howard family Catherine came from? Yes, that's her whole family. Oh, and that's with where her grandma? Tom, okay. Grandma, Ta- Thomas, the whole lot. So he just like, he's screwing over he, this whole place. How many people would be involved in this like family, including like workers or whatever? You got to like, <sighs> just guess. Well, if we think about it, we I remember Catherine's dad mm-hmm. came from 21 children. Jesus. So there's 21, there's at least 20 families here. So giant. <laughs> and they're all together? Probably area? not all the same. Well, they will go out and they would like go out and come back. So this is like the main main property. This oh, is like the okay. historic property. So it's not like a giant. Why am I thinking like a castle? Like I don't know. Like, I mean, it pretty much <laughs> is. It's, so it's like a this history. I, so is it just you like imagined a, a castle? I imagine like a Jane a Johnstown compound in the <laughs> like just a giant. Could it be a mixture or something? Yeah, like, probably. <laughs> I feel like it's slash, half culty, half castley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's a good way. Just half culty, half castly. Uh, so, Cram- uh, the Archbishop Cramner mm-hmm. he sprung into action uh, partially to protect the king at the end of his life. He's like, we mm-hmm. don't need another goddamn crisis in this goddamn <laughs> country. Um, to pre- yeah, to prevent a crisis, but also because he hated he hated 
the Catholic rival families okay. uh, of the Norfolks, the Howards, all of them. And he would do anything. He would take any chance he or could. Who to, hated all this? Uh, the Archbishop Cramner. Oh, okay. He is kind of more Protestant leaning than Catholic okay. leaning, even though he's an archbishop, which is kind of stupid. Uh, Cramner and the appointed kind of region council, when the king isn't in town, they mm-hmm. get a region council together. Uh, Cramner was on this council with Lord Chancellor. Thomas Audley, that's a fucking sweet title, Lord Chancellor. Mm-hmm. Um, and also sounds like probably like the real name of a rapper. <laughs> hey, this is Lord Chancellor, but I go by <laughs> yeah. Too Dope. Not just a Chancellor, I'm yeah. a Lord. I'm Lord Chancellor. Yeah, exactly. You're just a Chancellor? Well, what the <laughs> fuck am I? And Edward Seymour, Earl of Hetford, and brother of Seymour, or Jane Seymour, the brother of the ex-wife. So <laughs> he's still in the picture somehow. He's somehow like not really like, randomly killed for some stupid he, reason. He, he's like my sister died. She wasn't. <laughs> she didn't do him wrong. I'm just gonna be yeah. here. I didn't uh, piss off Henry. He's yeah. Like, yeah, he can still be I'm around. just here. I'm happy just here. to be alive, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I'm here, so I don't get fined. Uh, <laughs> they decided not to take any drastic action until the royal couple would return. They're like, what should we do? Nothing. Sounds good. Meeting adjourned. Ding ding ding. <laughs> they they smashed the gavel and they went on their ways. Uh, they did though search Culpepper's room. Uh, the Thomas Culpepper guy, and that's where that love letter I wrote, I got a quote from, was discovered. Mm. They, they found that one between Thomas and Catherine. So now we enter November 1541. That was October. Now we enter November, which I have titled in my notes, A Bad Month, mm. because it is about to get bad for a lot of people. So it starts out November 1st. November 1st, 1541. It's All Saints Day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on like that day. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> a nice day it's one of the chiller catholic holidays or christian (laughs) holidays so it's during the all saints day mass Mm. uh thomas cramner the uh archbishop here he slips henry a note while henry is praying that outlines the conclusion of their beginning investigation into the premarital relationships and affairs because it's two parts it's the premarital relations and the affair that's Mm. two parts and he also (laughs) I imagine they're both sitting there praying, and then when the archbishop got up, like got up and walked away, there was like a little piece of note right there that just says Henry on it, <laughs> out of like a mob movie or something yeah. like that. Uh, this is the one time where I will describe Henry in a semi-positive way. This oh, is this is the okay. only time. Does he do something? Kind of. Say something. He kind of learns from the last time <laughs> this whole thing happened to him. And instead of instantly arresting everyone and taking them away, like he had done with the Anne Bolin situation, he orders an investigation to find the source <laughs> of the rumors. He's okay. like, oh, I've been here before. I need. I know what to do. I know well, I mean, do. I guess how legit is this investigation, though? <laughs> a little Henry bit. Henry Standards? A little bit better than Henry Standards, because we know his <laughs> previous investigation. So uh, the investigations... Kind of more interrogations that you can describe them at. Uh, the interrogations began with Mary LaSalle's, the sister who kind of was the witness, and she was uh, interrogated by Cramner, the archbishop, uh, and this is where she revealed to him in person about the multiple affairs. So it wasn't just, my sister said, and I'm telling you, now she's telling you to your face under this kind of more official capacity. Mm. And I assume if she lies, she's, you know, executed or, you know, sent on a log and sent out into the English Channel. Maybe That's probably a, a punishment at this point. Uh, they go to Catherine's lady-in-waiting, Lady Rockford, 
and she was interrogated and from fear of being tortured agreed to talk to the bishop. <laughs> She's like, please, please don't. No, no. Uh, she explained that she would watch, and this is really weirdly phrased, and I feel icky talking about a teenager saying this, but she would watch Catherine's backstairs as Culpepper <laughs> yeah, as Culpepper made his way up and down uh like making his escape from the queen's room. So she watched her mm. backstairs. <laughs> it just it, it doesn't sound wrong, but it feels wrong to yeah. say. Um, in these interrogations, or at least in the interrogation of Darham, which mm-hmm. is most likely just a straight-up torture session, oh, yeah. uh, he did not get the option to not be tortured. <laughs> uh, he admitted to a premarital relationship with Catherine, but he claimed that he had never been intimate with the queen after the marriage. So he was saying all of my shenanigans. The only time I statutorily raped that teenager was before she was married. Yeah. I plead innocent on everything else. I am not guilty of those other charges. So starting on November 4th, uh, the investigation, so it was a couple days of investigations and interrogations. Now, now people are starting to get arrested. He gave himself three days. Okay. And now he's like, let's fucking arrest some people. <laughs> Uh, in total, everyone who's going to be arrested is the Dowager Duchess Agnes Howard, so mm-hmm. that's Catherine's grandmother, her son, Lord William Howard, Thomas Culpepper, Francis Dereham, Lady Rockford, and finally, Queen Catherine herself. They're all arrested at some point in the next coming months. Uh, Wait, how many people was that? Was that? Five, six. At oh, least six. At least six. And a couple of them are big. A it's queen, not looking good. <laughs> a dowager duchess, a lord. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not a good situation. <laughs> the archbishop, Cramner, who's a normally staunch and unmoved gentleman, uh, <laughs> found Catherine, when she was arrested, to be frantic, incoherent, and overwhelmed. Well, yeah. Like... Duh, she's fucking 19. <laughs> uh, saying... Quote, I found her in... This is, like, not really, like... I feel bad for her. Like <laughs> She she has not done really anything wrong. Well, yeah. The affair thing is a little iffy, but she's also 19, 18. Yeah. I can't blame her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's saying about Catherine, quote, I found her in such lamentation and heaviness as I s- never saw no creature so that it wouldn't have pitied any man's heart to have looked upon her. One thing I will say about that quote, Double negative, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Exit it, it exits it out, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Cramner, the archbishop, ordered guards to remove any objects that she might use to commit suicide. It's like, we can't trust this bitch. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, in her kind of interrogation, not really torture, more just interrogation, they did the good cop, bad cop routine with oh, her. Yeah. They shine the light in her face. <laughs> uh, Catherine admits to having sexual relations on many occasions with Darham but claimed that they practiced a method of birth control. (laughs) I would like to know what kind of birth control a teenager (laughs) in the 1530s was practicing. That Uh, is, the moon is full tonight. We're good. We're good. (laughs) We're just good. Uh, November 22nd. That was the beginning of the month. November 22nd. (laughs) It is announced that Catherine has forfeited her honors and should be preceded against bylaw and was henceforth, henceforth to be named no longer queen, but only Catherine Howard. Forfeited? She was pro- definitely forced, but yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> this is saying how they shafted 
uh, Cromwell and took all his titles and honors. They're doing the same thing to her. She's now just Catherine Howard. That's it. Uh, now we're getting into familiar territory, mm-hmm. we could say. Now it's December 1st, 1541. Mm. 1541, December 1st, Culpepper and Dereham are arranged for treason, and both are sentenced to a traitor's death. And a traitor's death is a couple steps. It's no, more colloquially known as being hanged, drawn, and quartered, which the process is you're drawn, which is you're attached to a wooden plank platform mm-hmm. thing. A horse from where you're being held is then led to your execution site. Wait, what? Dragging piece of wood that you're attached to. Uh... Then you get to the execution site where you're hung just before you're about to die. Then they pretty much eviscerate you, either castrating you or uh, deboweling you. Oh, like straight-up torture. Straight-up torture. And then that's where they quarter you, where your limbs are attached to four horses, and the horses are told to run in opposite directions. Oh, my God. Separating you into four pieces. Uh, oh, so, my God. So that's what they're both being. And, like, the whole town's going to see this? Like we were saying. Everyone comes out and then goes back and has a nice community lunch. <laughs> December 10th. So they're sentenced December 1st. Uh, December 10th, nine days later, mm-hmm. at the Tyburn, Tyburn Manor, Dereham and Culpepper are both set to be executed in front of a crowd. Tyburn, I found a photo. We'll put it on social media because it's hilarious. But Tyburn Manor is such a well-known spot for executions. On a map of London, yeah. the little symbol that it's used to represent Tyburn yeah. is a hangman's gallow. What? And then right below it, in text, it says, where soldiers are shot. <laughs> so they do they do some executions here. This is a spot where How they... How ex- long was that place used for ex- executions? At least for a couple hundred years, it sounds Shit. like. They used tower, the Tower Greens for hundreds oh of years. Oh, my gosh. And nowadays, it's a beautiful, you know, loved uh, tourist destination. Really? Yeah. I was Damn. trying to find funny reviews really of it. Uh, one thing I will talk about is a haunting <laughs> at the end of this episode. You, you sassy motherfucker here. Uh, so Dareham and Culpepper, they're set to be executed in front of a crowd. Uh, Culpepper and Dareham were drawn from the Tower of London to Tyburn. And there, Culpepper, after an exonerated, exoneration, or, yeah, ex- exoration, I don't know. He pleaded to it. He pleaded his fucking case. He was mm-hmm. given his last words. Uh, made to the people to pray for him. He, standing on the grounds by the gallows, kneeled down and had his head stricken off. So he was not drunk. He he was originally sentenced to the traitor's death. Okay, but like because all he, that horrible stuff. All that horrible stuff he was originally sentenced to, but he was able to kind of uh, not get clemency, but write letters and appeal it down to just just behead me. Yeah, <laughs> don't do all of that. <laughs> just behead me, because he was a well-connected political, you know, ally or yeah, fucker, whatever. Um, the other gentleman, though, uh, Darren. Dareham. Oh, God. Mr. Petto here. Uh, <laughs> Dareham was not so lucky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where uh, he was, he, first he was drawn there, then he was hung. So, like, dragged, like you said earlier? Yeah, okay. with the horse thing. Imagine the smell. Oh. Uh, he, there, then, after being drawn, he was hung, or he was hanged. Hanged. I, he, I, maybe he was hung. Hanging? I don't know. 
Hung is a different context. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I no, guess I, I, know I saw it written down as hanged, so hanged. I guess hanged. Okay, so hanged. He was hanged. He was membered, so. Okay. Just hanged till near death. Uh, then membered, so Ugh. ripping his organs out. Boweled, so okay, pulling so his probably... bowels out. <laughs> Beheaded, I believe. It just mm-hmm. says headed. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it was a head, but like everyone just comes up and gives him a nice whack. <laughs> uh, and then he was finally quartered. He's definitely dead at that point. He's definitely dead. Yeah, he's just moaning. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, cherry on top for the both of them were that both of their heads were set on the London Bridge. Nice. Woo. <laughs> so we're currently up to three executions huh? so far. Uh, these gentlemen. We got, like, we're, we're halfway there. And we got two more. Uh, oh, we're going to get through. Said there were six. No, uh, six wives, five executions. <laughs> uh, the two gentlemen, they were not executed on the basis of being traitors because they tried to bang the queen. Uh, they were ex- <laughs> it's, it's true i mean it wasn't phrased that way but it's yeah. how it is uh they were executed as traitors for their predictions about ascending after the death of the king uh which under the 1534 treason act defined traitors as those who do maliciously wish will or desire by words or writing or by craft Imagine harm to the king or his death. So if you write or joke or whatever, do anything about the king's death, we can charge you as a traitor. So it wasn't the sexual relations with the queen that got them killed. Mm -hmm. That's probably going to be what got her killed. But what got them killed were them (laughs) predicting that after the Henry is dead, they would be king. Oh, that's all they care about. (laughs) That's what he, like I had kind of planted that seed a little bit earlier if, Saying something bad about the king or the king's death is definitely a mm-hmm. death sentence for you. Uh, so this is a huge scandal in the royal courts, obviously. Uh, another another queen, dude. Seriously, <laughs> at these numbers, you you are bad at picking women, um, <laughs> or you're just really sensitive. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, it's, he's pretty sensitive. Henry sank further into morbidly poor health by indulging his appetite for food and women as much as he could. I just have a big pint of ice cream and my whore, and tonight's going to be a fun night. (laughs) The two things I love more, the most. Uh, December 22nd, uh, near the end of the month, uh, the Howards, with the exception of the Duke of Norfolk, so the Thomas Howard guy, uh, he had escaped north. Uh, The Howards were tried and found guilty and then given a small prison sentence for their role in this scandal Mm. excuse me (laughs) sorry uh however luckily for the clan the howard clan uh apart from catherine uh they were pardoned and released pretty quickly so it was who are these her family catherine's family the people who were kind of uh involved with it or knew or whatever they got small sentences but then they were pardoned and released so they just got it's a ceremonial thing at this point you went to jail not really other lives like like afterwards, like how that happened. You said like this, like it kind of ruined the family from that one dude. Uh, it they don't ever have the same level of power. It looks like this. Okay. How Thomas Howard, the Duke of Norfolk, was pushing them, pushing Catherine and Henry to be a couple, even though there's a yeah. thirty-year age gap because he wanted power. So it's kind of they suffer it mainly in that way, oh, okay. and probably lose a bunch of property. Um, however. Uh, one guy, he didn't really get the same punishment. Uh, that was the Duke's son, Henry Howard. He was a poet, and he had been a favorite of the king. Uh, knowing his family had fallen from grace, he wrote an apology to the king in mid-1534. 
December, so right before this sentencing, excusing himself and laying all the blame on his stepmother and his niece. <laughs> it was them, not me. We had nothing to do with this. It wasn't us. It was not us at all. Uh, now, we fast forward a month or so. It's 1542. Mm-hmm. It's January 1542. <laughs> and... Uh, we're back, we're back in the saddle again as a bill of attainder is brought down for Catherine's execution and was introduced to Parliament. Uh, that was So if pa- she's like a queen, it's more of a process to get through, get it done? Yeah, I just assume it's more political and there's more arguing because yeah. instead of a douchebag that everyone hates like Cromwell, it's like, well, okay. I like the queen a little bit. So you said bill of attainder, right? So they're just going to get, they're just going to go right No try. Yeah. No try. We're skipping it. <laughs> Uh, and it was passed on February 7th, 1542. So they only a few weeks they kind of mm-hmm. debated over this. Uh, the Royal Assess by Commission Act of 1541, that's the name of the act or whatever, mm-hmm. made it treason and punishable by death for a queen consort to fail to disclose her sexual history to the king within 20 days of the marriage or to incite someone to commit adultery with her. So they just passed a law saying that within 20 days of being married, the queen needs to tell the king about all of her sexual hookups. What? Uh, (laughs) Even worse was this law was not on the books at the time of the scandal, so when it was passed, it was retroactively (laughs) applied to Catherine. Jesus. She is breaking laws that didn't exist when she was queen. They only wrote it for her, too. Only wrote it for Mm -hmm. her and this whole situation. Uh, And she was never really given a fair or open trial. Any of the queens. Really none. They were all... (laughs) Actually, anybody, if you really think about it. Yeah, really nobody. Ever. Ever. uh, You uh, go against Henry, you're just screwed. Yeah. He'll get you dead. Yeah. The Friday before her execution date, so she got the bill of attainder on February 7th. Mm -hmm. The Friday before execution date is February 10th. So less than a week later, she's going to die. The Friday, that February 10th, the lords of the council came for her. Uh, She allegedly allegedly panicked and screamed as they manhandled her into the barge that would escort her to the tower. So as she's being brought to her prison, mm-hmm. she, she is screaming and panicking, rightfully so. Okay. Rightfully so. Uh, the flotilla, so the barges that were taking her to the Tower of London, passed underneath London Bridge, where the heads of Cromwell, Culpepper, and Dereham were impaled on and still visible. Oh, God. How hey. long have they been sitting there for? A couple of years, at least. Oh, oh well, my God. Uh, no, the other ones have only been there a month and a half, so they're still pretty prime, but Cromwell's. This might be a fucked up thing to ask, but like, how long does like a head stay on a spike? <laughs> I didn't see any exact stats, yeah. stats but I wonder if it's you until they it's fall off point. or yeah. if until they run out of space and they're like, all right, yeah. that one's been there long enough. Let's put the next one in there. Uh, she was led through the Traitor's Gate. And brought to her jail cell, or her prison cell. Okay. Kind of use both <laughs> terms there. Uh, that Saturday, February 11th, the Bill of Attainder ro- received royal approval. <laughs> oh, God. And Catherine's execution was scheduled for a bright and early 7 a.m. on Monday, February 13th, 1542. Let's just get it over in the morning. People will go back and have brunch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll do. 
uh, arrangement for the executions were supervised by a man by the name of Sir John Gage as he was the constable of the tower. He's like, oh, God, I got to arrange a whole execution on two days' notice. <laughs> so the big day comes. It's February 13th. The night before, you know. This is a Friday? No, this is going to be Monday. This oh, is Monday morning. Did you already say that? Yeah, Monday okay. morning. She went into jail on Friday. Okay, if it was yeah. Friday the 13th, that would be pretty Oh, that would be gnarly. great. That would mm-hmm. be perfect. Monday, well, Monday the 13th, maybe she's a big fan of Garfield. <laughs> Wait, I don't, know, I don't know that reference. Garfield hated Mondays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, do know. I actually and, and there's know like that. a repeating joke in the series <laughs> that when it's Monday the 13th, it's like the worst day of his life. <laughs> I'm a sad man. Uh, The night before, so the 12th, uh, Catherine had spent hours practicing how to lay her head on the block properly, uh, most likely because she knew it took three swings to kill Cromwell. She's like, I'm going to make sure this motherfucker gets it on the first try. I don't want it second try. The executioner just gets goes out drinking every night. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't miss the ten, like tonight. The, at the same time, she was practicing on how to lay her head on the block. The executioner <laughs> was practicing his swing. All right. Let me go out in the backyard here. Uh, so even though it was scheduled for 7 a.m., they delayed it to 9 a.m. Maybe the executioner spent too much time at night practicing his swing and he overslept. But it's 9 a.m. and Catherine is escorted to the scaffold. Mm. Uh, and she is reported to be extremely pale and weak. That's her kind of state oh, right there. Probably never fed her or whatever. Or just nerves or i mean i would probably not eat if i was knew if i was gonna die soon yeah last meal is an interesting but weird thing to think about yeah uh the best are the people who get a last meal and then they get a stay of execution from the governor so (laughs) they aren't executed and then the next time they get like up for execution they get another last meal (laughs) and then they get something different yeah Uh, so she's even though she's so weak and pale uh she still gives a very passionate speech, but it's faintly given. You know, mm-hmm. she's screaming her heart out, but it's very faint um, for the crowd there. Pop folklore, so kind of a colloquial idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's reported that her last words were, "quote I die a queen, but I would rather have died the wife of Culpepper." Okay, that's what it said. Or what people kind of say burn, she though. said, yeah. but primary sources and kind of logical thinking would counteract that, would discredit that. Why? Uh, primary sources don't report her saying that. And the logical ideas of that is uh, in this time, she has a big family. Uh, okay. And if she were to say something like that going out, Henry it, would do something. Come down on them. Yeah. They would go after them or the Culpepper family. I mean, that would be a cool burn if she yeah. said that. Going out in style, mic yeah. drop, and then gets executed. <laughs> Don't you forget about me. She, her last words are, I tried my best or whatever. <laughs> hey, man, give me. I yeah, tried. I tried. You were like, her last words to the king are, you were like, <laughs> like a, a father. You were like a father to me. <laughs> uh, instead, most historians consider her. Uh, final words to be very traditional asking for forgiveness for her sins and acknowledging mm-hmm. that she deserved to die for betraying the king uh, her last words were my bad dude <laughs> i tried i tried i tried my best unlike the cromwell execution this one there's no you know c- conspiracy there's no rumors whatever it was a single swing from the axe and Catherine is beheaded and she is dead uh, dead she and everybody can, goes back to their potluck parties part, well almost because that was not the only execution that oh, day. Shit. There was another one, and that was for Lady Rockford. Lady Rockford was her lady in waiting, mm. her kind of chambermaid. 
And the reason why I'm talking about Lady Rockford and I'm saving her for last is because this is where everything gets even weirder and even more connected and even more just I couldn't okay. believe I couldn't believe it when I was reading. So Lady Rockford, she's about to be executed. Uh, she is better known as Jane Bolin. Oh. She was Anne Bolin's sister-in-law. Shit. Oh, to Anne Bolin's brother George. Okay. George was the brother did who Did we talk about George before? We did because the brother George is the one who was accused of having an incestuous relationship with the Queen Anne Bolin and they were both executed for. It. Oh, okay. This was So she's just been a widow for a while. She's been a widow for a while. This was his wife that is now years later being executed Why? for a separate infidelity <laughs> scandal within the, the English royal court. Is she actually court. a part of it? Kind of. She is the one that was being the liaison between uh, Culpepper and the Queen. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll explain it a little bit. So after her husband's execution, she bounces around different mm -hmm. courts and royal households until she settles down and she becomes a maiden to the courts uh, of uh, Jane Seymour, so the wife after <laughs> is uh, her sister, uh, Anne of Cleves, and then finally Catherine Howard. So she is kind of a stationary maiden in the court of multiple queens. Mm. So she's there, at, and then she's the one that really helped with the affairs with Thomas Culpepper and stuff like that. That's why she's oh, being— Oh, shit. She's got wrapped up into it. At the beginning of 1542, so when things were starting to get serious, she's like, oh, my God, I'm not getting out of this. <laughs> um, she seems to have suffered a full nervous breakdown and was pronounced insane. Now, I could not determine if this was an actual mental breakdown the way we think about it today mm -hmm. or if this was that woman is speaking out of turn. She's hysterical. She's having a mental breakdown, <laughs> how it was until pretty much 2006. Uh, <laughs> So the only things I saw described as was insane and uh, nervous breakdown and stuff. Uh, it was described as fits of frenzy. Uh, and these fits meant that she could not legally stand trial for her role in facilitating the queen's adultery. They're saying because she was so crazy, she was suffering these breakdowns. She probably shouldn't have been able to stand trial. However, <laughs> Henry is undeterred. Uh, <laughs> Henry is determined to punish all those involved and he implements a law which allows the execution of the insane if they're convicted of high treason. What? He's like, I don't care what the laws say. Yeah. This bitch is going to die. <laughs> I'm executing God, yeah. this bitch. She was also given a bill of attainder on that same day as Catherine. Okay. And it went through the same process as Catherine. Neither of them were giving traitors deaths. They okay. were just executed because they're high. Is that, so that something get the, out of the it? The drawn, hanged, and quartered oh, thing. That's okay. what they're the just, that's what they're it's just termed. simply killed. Yeah, they're they're beheaded. Yes. Okay. So the and day everybody of, left at this point to go to the, their oh, potluck yep, parties. Yeah, once she's dead. Well, so the day of execution, uh, Jane was escorted to from her holding cell okay. to a freshly used scaffold where Catherine had just been executed oh. at. Uh, the next next time you or a listener here, you're at a party and you have a would you rather mm -hmm. game going on. Here's a good would you rather. Mm -hmm. Would you rather be executed first or second? Yeah. Because <laughs> what's worse? I get a little more time, but I, I have to lay down in blood. I would hope I would be too scared to think that. <laughs> it's a good. It's a. It's a joyous pop and party, and they're like, "Would you rather be killed first or second? Yeah. Everyone just turns and the music <laughs> stops. Uh, 
<laughs> so she's executed, even though she had been suffer- suffering mental anguish for months prior. At this moment, she's described this uh, uh, Jane Bolin. Okay, the so Lady she was either maybe not less likely crazy or just going through stress knowing she was going to yeah, die. Just, it like, sounds more like stress than <laughs> yeah. like... Like insidious, like out, yeah. insidious mental illness, but so in this moment she's described as calm and dignified. Okay. Uh, she, so uh, she's then executed. She's beheaded, mm-hmm. and both Catherine and Jane, so the two women who were executed yeah. on this day, that must be a weird execution. Normally there's a dude yeah. here, but I guess it's two women today. <laughs> so get your lotto numbers in. Uh, both Catherine and Jane won posthumous approval. For their calm and queenly behavior while being publicly executed. Jesus. She was just so queenly in the way she was publicly <laughs> beheaded in front of a giant crowd. You gotta respect that. <laughs> I respect that woman right there. That woman did in they, two parts. Did they also put their heads on spikes to like the fridge? No, I mean, not the fridge. Not the, the fridge. Bridge. On, the, <laughs> on the fridge, we put that. No, like I didn't Jeffrey see anything. All of a yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have your small Asian boy we're going to return to you. Um,. One eyewitness uh, wrote that, quote, their souls be with God, for they made the most godly and Christian end. I'm going to argue and I'm going to say being publicly executed is not as Christian of an end as Mm -hmm. being crucified in public. (laughs) I think Jesus had a more Christianly end than being executed. Fight me. <laughs> so on this day, on execution day, mm-hmm. Catherine was not much more than 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So all that marriage, all that bullshit, all that grooming, not even 20. She could not even legally drink. Shit. She suffered a shitty... I'm sure there's no drinking mage at this point. <laughs> Fuck no. Well, <laughs> there's that book slash kind of movie, which it's a out there theory, but there is enough proof of it. It's not like an ancient astronaut thing, but... Uh, how beer saved the world, how, like, it's sterile oh, it's like, drink. it's super, like, in our history. The theory is that when coffee came into Europe, uh-huh. when they started to import coffee, yeah. and people started to drink less beer and started to drink more coffee, <laughs> the reason why Europe kind of kicked into the Renaissance and, like, a productive mode is instead of being semi-drunk or drunk all day, people were caffeinated all the time. (laughs) Like, that's a legitimate theory people talk about. Or drunk and caffeinated. At the same time. (laughs) So, uh... Like, when I have, like, a coffee and, like, a Bloody Mary, ooh, I feel great. (laughs) And then the Irish coffee came along and people's nips were fucking blown off. They're, whoa! (laughs) And then it uh, ascended into Four loco territory. (laughs) Uh, Quite the jump. (laughs) Quite the jump, yeah. Take a Four loco back to, like, the 1500s Mm -hmm. and just have them drink and they're whoa uh didn't expect to talk about four loco in this episode but you know history just gives you that hand uh so this shouldn't be as a surprise to anyone but uh king henry did not attend this execution weird he did not attend his wife's execution he married or something yeah he's already <laughs> trolling the court for his next slam piece upon hearing the news of Catherine's execution our good old friend Francis I of France, the King of France, mm-hmm. wrote a letter to Henry regretting the, quote, lewd and naughty, and in this context it means evil, mm-hmm. naughty behavior of the queen and advising him that, quote, the lightness of women cannot bend the honor of men. <laughs> I did not know the f- King of France was an incel. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is some... Um, 
keep strong, King. This is Big Ed in his past life. Big Ed <laughs> shit. So getting to your comment about the the ghosts, the hauntings oh, yeah, here. I, I do have that. a little thing. I was about to delete this, but I'm glad I didn't. The story goes nowadays that the famous ghost of Catherine can still be seen running along what is now known as the haunted gallery at the palace by the like Tower of London, like uh, the royal palaces here. Mm. Some visitors report having felt a chill or strange sensation while passing along the corridor. I believe, sir, that is called air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, just... Terrible joke. That's yeah. all the info I have for today. <laughs> like I said, it was a thick episode. We got through oh, yeah. five executions. And I just want you um, listeners to think, when your neighborhood or community does a public execution, what are you going to bring to the potluck? Well, Paul, that's, a, that's a great choice. I'm put gonna, that in the review. I'm, yeah. I'm put gonna, that in the review. Yeah, ask what question, like, or write in our... In our Instagram or wherever you can find us, what you're going to make. I'm yeah. going to bring chicken wings, though. Ooh, that's a good one. What would you bring, Paul? <sighs> See, at <laughs> first I thought a couple bags of chips, but I feel like someone <laughs> else is going to. That's my go-to. But now that you said chicken wings, I might need to go for, like, pigs in a blanket. Pig, wait, pigs in a blanket? Yeah, that's, like, little mini sausages in, like, little dough parts. And oh, then you cook them. Yeah, that you, sounds good. Yeah, they're like, yeah, like mini sausages with some good kind of corn mm. around them. But yeah, so that's a great, yeah, put that <laughs> in your review. We'll put it on social media. Just like, yeah, what are you going to bring to the post-execution <laughs> potluck? Uh, but yeah, besides yeah. that, rating, review, social media, mm-hmm. great places to uh, yeah, comment. Go, where go on Instagram first. Yeah, social yeah, media, back row lessons. Uh Facebook is a good place too. Spotify, iTunes. Uh, we're gonna be trying to get like uh, Patreon, maybe some bonus mm-hmm. episodes out there. I have a few things in the work that I, it, it got yeah. cut on the cutting room floor. You know, and we've I, been really enjoying doing this with you guys. Oh, you know, it's we're so just fun. getting better and find ways we're, to we're have having, more fun with it. So yeah, we're having more fun with it. The next few episodes i mm-hmm. kind of hinted at the beginning work wrapping up this season this is going to be episode oh yeah this is episode 10 i believe so mm-hmm. we hit the bit we hit we're going for 200 <laughs> but we hit 10 that's it only two digits there uh <laughs> so it's a celebratory episode you could say uh but the next couple episodes oh i won't give away too much mm-hmm. but <clears throat> let me just say this next episode we have a baby that as King and like just growing up is kidnapped by both his mother and his stepfather Ooh. at different times. Wait, he's kidnapped he's kidna- twice. He's kidnapped oh, really? twice. Yeah, he's ki- he's kidnapped twice. Shiitake mushrooms. Shiitake mushrooms. And and that's not even the beginning of it. It okay. is crazy. But that is going to be coming next week. Uh, you know, just for this week, we can wrap up now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, my name. Is Paul Davis. And I'm Nolan Meshke. And this has been Back Row Lessons. Thank you guys for tuning on in.